Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today, I have Charlotte Reynolds, also known as The Digital Yogi. I was on her podcast, The Digital Yogi, a few weeks ago, so make sure you check that out. And so I really enjoyed having her on mine because I could see that she would be such a help and resource for so many people. She not only owns her own agency, she's a digital strategist, a business coach, and podcaster. And what's really cool is she's a yoga teacher, so she can help yoga teachers and fitness people who don't have marketing background. We talk about her journey into her own business and how she helps clients in different ways. Please enjoy my talk with Charlotte today. Welcome, Charlotte. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. So you're also known as Charlotte, the digital yogi. So I'd like to really go back to the origins of this digital yogi combination. I think it's brilliant to find a niche market that is needed. And this is definitely needed. Yoga people often go through trainings, become yoga teachers. And in the yoga world, especially marketing hasn't always been something that they've learned. And I'm sure that's probably why you got into it. But can you talk us a little bit about how you combine these two? Yeah, sure. So yeah, my background is working in digital marketing. And I've done that since I came back from traveling once I'd finished university, went straight into working in ad agencies in London. And my roles there were very much digital strategy, Facebook and Instagram ads, digital marketing, basically for like big global brands. and. I did that for like seven or eight years. And then I left to go and do my yoga teacher training. So I went to India, did my 200 hours. And then while I was there, it just became really clear that I was so much better equipped to then set up my own business and start promoting myself and other people on my, on my course. We had a very short business of yoga promo module, very, very quick. And I remember thinking, wow, there is so much that I can um, pull together into some kind of workshop to help everybody else on my course that we can do once we all get home. And it kind of just happened organically from there. I hosted a workshop with lots of people from my teacher training and then other people. And then before you know it, I was hosting these workshops in yoga um, studios around London, then around the UK. Then when everything hit last year, it kind of organically developed into an online workshop then an online program. And now that's what I do. So um, I run trainings and programs for yoga teachers, but not just yoga teachers, people in wellness, wellness experts. So Pilates teachers, meditation coaches. 
And then I also have a small digital agency where we actually will support businesses to do their digital marketing if they want to outsource or undergo some kind of specific training. Mm. Yeah, it kind of happened very organically. I love that. And it's wonderful to work for yourself, I'm sure. Mm, Definitely. It's working with brands and businesses that I just am a lot more passionate about. Working with businesses in the yoga and wellness space. Like it's, I'm genuinely interested in that industry. And I can also put myself in the shoes of their ideal clients because I am one. So the whole thing, it just feels a lot more authentic. Well, I was going to say, and it's really more in alignment. I would imagine working in digital marketing and having to support a brand that you didn't really stand behind would be challenging. And you're doing it literally just because for the paycheck versus you get to really help people who are, you know, ostensibly doing really good in the world. And that's got to feel great. But I'm curious for those of us who don't really understand digital marketing. And of course I have a digital marketing team and I still am learning about it. What are the things that you do? Like when you were working in your agency, how do you keep up to date with Facebook, Instagram ads? Do you have meetings? Do you have to do like behind the scenes research? Do Facebook and Instagram offer courses to you all? as digital marketers so that you, cause I know these are changing all the time. Yeah. Things are always changing in the world of digital. It is really important to stay on top of all of the changes. Now, just by being in these platforms all the time, you can see all the changes that are happening. You don't necessarily have to undergo um, different courses, but yeah, it's, it's important to stay on top of these changes, but part of being a digital marketer and having done it for so long, you just kind of go with the flow with these things. There's no point in being like, oh my God, this thing has changed. You just go, yeah, it's been changing every week since I've been doing it. So it doesn't bother me at all. (laughs) So for instance, I know there's a lot more. I see it on my, you know, when I go on Instagram, I see a lot more people that are out there talking about the algorithm and here's what you need to do Mm. now. Like as a digital marketer, how do you find out when that algorithm changes? Again, do you just organically know like, oh, this, things are slowing down, posting this way. So how do you find that out? Yeah, I mean, so there's the accounts of Facebook and Instagram that you can follow that will tend to provide updates with that kind of thing. You can follow the, the sort of head of the different elements of the business who will often come out on the platforms and tell you about different updates. There's also trade press. Um, online websites that you can follow, accounts on LinkedIn to stay up to date with what's going on. But you know what, when it comes to things like Instagram updates, it's very hard to not hear about them because everybody is just like, oh my God, there was this update. And to the point where you're like, all right, guys, calm down, everyone. (laughs) So how do you, how do you recommend to someone who is on Instagram and trying to grow their following? And they just feel like I'm posting all the time. I'm doing reels. I'm doing all the things that I'm seeing that people are doing, but it's not growing. What do you suggest to people um, how to expand their community on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, this is such a common challenge, isn't it? I'm putting so much time into my Instagram and my content, and I'm just not really seeing a lot back and not really seeing a lot of impact. I mean, the thing that I always say is it's so important to have a strategy. It's this kind of like posting and hoping for the best or, or seeing what other people are doing and just kind of chopping and changing. Oh, I'll try that. I'll try that. I'd always say, just come back to what is your strategy? And the foundation of a strategy really is what are you actually using the platform for? 
because not everybody's using it for the same reason. Are you using it to drive traffic to your website? Are you using it to find new opportunities? Are you using it to connect to your existing students, to find new students, to give a good impression to studios you want to teach at? What are you actually using the platform for? And build a strategy around that. And then always come back to your audience. Who are you trying to speak to? Don't worry about anyone else. Who is it that you're trying to engage with and build a strategy around that? Okay. So let me give you an example. Say I am a yoga teacher, not me. I am a yoga teacher, but say I'm a yoga teacher and I have like 2000 followers. And my goal is to get more followers, to drive them to my website. So they know about the classes I'm offering to also engage with the already existing community and then to expand my, my potential for like offering workshops, maybe doing teacher trainings, growing, just growing my business. What would my strategy be? Yeah. Well, I personally would never say that a a good objective is to just get more followers because that's not really that important. At the end of the day, what we want to see are more real metrics. We want to be looking at clicks through to your website. We want to be looking at sales. We want to be looking at people coming to your classes. Followers is a nice kind of uh, vanity metric, shall we say, to consider, but not necessarily the kind of metric that's going to help you really start making a bit bigger impact in your community. So I think this is a brilliant point that really needs to be emphasized because I, I've seen it over the years now with teachers that have gone through my trainings or just other teachers and they just get really bummed out. Like my following isn't growing. Mm. And I do, I, I really want to emphasize, I think it's so important that you said that it's, it's much more important what the engagement is like, what the community is like, how active it is, how many people are clicking through. Because if you have, you know, say 500,000 followers, but very few are actually getting engaged in your business, are, are curious to know more about, you know, versus just kind of scrolling by and seeing what you're posting, then it's not going to really have long-term benefits for you. You know, you might have the short-term, like, like you said, it feels good that this many people are watching, but watching for what? If, they're, if, if, if nothing's happening with that, then it doesn't really matter. It's kind of performative and it doesn't have, it's like kind of the shallow, you know, soil versus getting down into the roots. There might be times where your objective is to get more followers. And an example of a time when that might be is, for example, if you're, you've got a yoga studio and you're looking to get some like investment or some kind of sponsorship, and you know that they're going to be looking at the number of followers, that might be a time where you think, right, I'm just going to focus on getting followers. But for most people, what you really care about is, yeah, growing that really loyal community of people who are actually going to buy from you, who are going to come to your classes. And actually, if you think about it, let's say you've got 3,000 followers. That's actually 3,000 people. That's loads. (laughs) Absolutely. I know we get very um, jaded, right? But if you just, like you said, if you just imagine, uh, this is what I'll tell, tell some of my teachers, like if you just imagine you were in the center of your town and there's 3000 people around you, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that you're in. And in fact, one could argue you could make maybe even more of a difference because you are focused on a large but smaller population compared to others. But it could be, you could be really focused. And again, fine tune, like your strategy, how are you serving this community? I think in, and I'd like you to talk a little bit more about strategy and marketing, because I think what I've learned and just in witnessing it and paying attention is that 
many people are diluting, you know, their their message or their strategy because they're they're trying to just cast a really big net. And there's mm-hmm. I would like you to talk a little bit about the benefit of of honing in on like what is your mission and um that might not include every single person, right? Um if every if everybody finds you great, but it's is isn't it much more important to have a message very clear about what you're offering and that might only be in a, a certain population. Yeah, and I think this whole like finding your niche thing is really difficult for yoga teachers, especially when you're first starting out because you're like, well, I don't want to exclude anyone. I want to make sure that I am able to help everybody. But there's this phrase in marketing that it's by speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. And you kind of have to get to a point where you start to narrow down your message. Now, that's not so easy to do when you first get started. It can take a few years to know, like, what do I really enjoy teaching? What are the messages that I really want to share? And I guess you just have to be a bit patient with it. But there is obviously so many benefits to being more niche because only when you get your message really, really clear and focused, are you going to start resonating with your tribe or your your people. It's when your content can become really tailored. It's where you can start writing copy in a way that's really going to pique the interest of your people. So yeah, there is obviously benefits, yeah, to picking a niche, but I also think there is so much pressure, especially for new teachers, pick a niche. And you're like, what, what niche? What should I go for? (laughs) Just plug it out of thin air. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I think sometimes it's just you know, like you said, it's a little trial and error because you start working. I mean, this is like in physical therapy, you can start working in an outpatient clinic. You might be going into a hospital and you might be doing privates and you don't really know until you do it for a while, what makes you happy? Like what, like Mm. what you're inspired by. So I, I think that's a really important point for anybody starting off, whether they're yoga teachers or personal trainers or somebody else in the wellness world that, yeah, you do have to, there, unless you have a very clear vision about a certain population, the, there might be a little trial and error. And that's part of the growth is, is figuring out what also appeals to you. Because when you're really mm. passionate about something, you know, a particular population or a particular subject or focus, then that comes out. And then you're going to get more and more equipped and more knowledgeable and people will come to you because you'll be more of the specialist, so to speak. So I do know it's it's a struggle to t- think about specializing when you're just starting off and you're just like, I just need bodies to come to my class. Yeah. But know that that's part of the process. I think that's really important to yeah. know. And it's also just having that confidence to step into that expertise when you kind of feel like you've got that niche to be able to say, claim your space and say, I am an expert in this field. And often I think that there is just an element of confidence, imposter syndrome, and not wanting to really step into that role. But that, that again, just comes with time, I think. And a good tip, if <laughs> a good tip is just put it in your Instagram bio. If you think I really want this to be my new direction and I'm just a bit nervous about it, put it in your Instagram bio and just notice that nothing scary is going to happen. You're not going to get people messaging you going, excuse me, what qualifications have you got to, you know, say that this is your field of interest? So I love that. So can you, um, just riffing off of that, how important is that Instagram bio? Like, you know, is it, I mean, obviously it's important, but what makes it so important and what should people think about when they're putting something in their Instagram bio? Mm, Yeah, it's so important. We're putting all this effort into creating content to get in front of lots of new people. You know, we always want to be reaching more and more people, 
when they find us and they land on our profile, that's almost like our shop front. And that's, they get, I think you get like two tenths of a second um, for somebody to make a decision as to whether you're somebody that they want to follow or not. And that impression is going to be made by your profile photo, your bio, the name that you use, your highlights, your feed, all of this is going to be like a snap decision. Are they able to help me or not? Are they somebody that I'm going to be interested in learning from or not? So yeah, it's all about that first impression. And it's just so important that in your bio, again, this is where it comes down to knowing who your ideal client is and saying, how are you going to help the people that you help? So that somebody, when they look at it, they go, she's for me, or there's something I can learn from her. What about the picture? What is, uh, how should people, like, what should they put? Is it like better to have a headshot? (laughs) Yoga people obviously could do a lot of poses, I think that's changed with Instagram as well. I think, you know, we might have been attracted to kind of the more uh, curated yoga pose in a bio, but I'm wondering, does that Mm. still have a lot of sustainability in it? Yeah, I think especially as yoga teachers, we are the face of our businesses, aren't we? People Mm -hmm. come to work with us because of us, who we are, what we stand for. And, you know, nothing's going to help you be the face of your business better than actually just having a picture of your face. And it can feel a bit, I've heard clients of mine say, is it not a bit egotistical to just use a a photo of my face? I'm like, where are you getting that from? What's egotistical about having a face? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Showing who you are. So you're recognizable, right? Oh, I agree. I, I think people have a hard time. I mean, it's all very funny because it's in a way kind of like, it's not a resume, but it is a resume of sorts that you're putting out there and you're having to soundbite it, like really be clear. What am I offering? And here's a picture of my face and, you know, like it or not. And it's so, I think it is a hurdle. People just need to jump over and realize it's part of it. It's part of it. And there's nothing wrong with putting yourself out there. What's interesting in the yoga world, I want to go into this. I want to come back to social media in a minute, but on this thread, I imagine you have had some pushback from yoga people. Cause I know like I do a different type of yoga and it hasn't, it hasn't, um, I haven't gotten a lot of pushback, but I know early on when I was doing it, you know, some people would say, Oh, this isn't really yoga. And then of course, when you start making yoga a business, which of course it is, it's a billion dollar mm-hmm. business. So we should just like be okay with that. But I'm sure you've gotten pushback. Like, wow, you're combining yoga and marketing. Like that's not very yoga of you. Have you, have you had any of those instances? Yeah, do you know what? I actually have. And it really did shock me at first. I actually, when I started teaching in in in-person workshops, I actually was invited to a really well-known sort of prestigious, shall we say, yoga studio in London. It was a bit old school, you know, lots of really senior teachers. And I actually had somebody like shame me on Instagram saying, this isn't yoga. Like what on earth is this? What has yoga become? And I think the workshop was called, you know, how to use Instagram to grow your yoga business. Not, I don't think that controversial, but I just couldn't believe, yeah, that somebody really was so offended by that, that almost it wasn't good enough or it wasn't yogic enough to be even thinking about Instagram when it came to marketing. But as we know, Instagram is an amazing platform to connect with students and to get your name out there. And I don't think there is any shame in wanting to promote yourself because through promoting yourself, you then impact more people. And that's what we're doing it for is to share our knowledge and our passion for yoga with as many people as we can. 
So how do you, yeah. so how have you handled that? Did it wound you or did it make you question like, what am I doing? Or did you just think, okay, this one person is, you're just not getting it and that's okay. Well, the person that did it was actually a really well-known teacher, mm. uh, quite well-respected teacher, I think. So I actually thought, well, at least it's free promotion. And then <laughs> at the same time, I also sent him a message inviting him to come if he would like you know, oh, that was wonderful of you. That's a wonderful approach. <laughs> he didn't reply. I, yeah. But you know, I think that's great is that, um, cause I think it's very, very normal to have like this immediate prickle. And I think this is just across the board in social media because there's everything is done so quickly and our response can be quick and not well thought out. And I think this is another really important point you are representing your brand and who you are. So you're, even if you have naysayers or people who are negative, it doesn't behoove you to engage with that in, in a negative way at all. Mm. You either need to ignore it or do what you did, which is actually just be like very polite about it. And Hey, why don't you come try it out? I'd love to give you a, a chance. Yeah. And then they might, and by the way, doing that, like, what is somebody going to say negative back? Like by not responding, it be, you basically just diffuse the situation right there. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I saw it or when I actually didn't see it, a friend sent it to me. I went, it was a bit like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Am I a terrible person? But that didn't last very long. It was fine. I'm over yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think that, um, I think for everybody, I mean, you could all say at our, at some base we're people pleasers. So when anybody on a social media platform gives us some kind of negativity, it can, it can hurt us. But I think if you just look at it more like, Hey, I'm, I must be doing something well, <laughs> you know, I mean, they really say success. You're going to have, I, I forgot what the, the numbers are, but it's like, you're going to have a third of the people who love you. And then a third of the people are not going to really necessarily love you. And then there's a third that are waiting to know more about you. So I think it's okay to realize with success that there's going to be people who just don't get you. And it's much better mm -hmm. to be okay with that than to be, you know, down about it or wounded or let it like, stop your groove and your, and your forward flow. Now getting back into social media, I'm really curious about, cause I feel like even though I've been on social media, I'm still a newbie in so many ways. Cause I, I don't really totally get it. I, but I get the fact that it is so massively important for connecting with more people who you would otherwise mm -hmm. never meet, you know? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on other social media things like TikTok, for example, like I, I was on TikTok like maybe a month. And then my, my CEO who used to be in the military was like, you need to get off that because like nobody in the military can be on it because it's so insecure, you know, like they can get so much. So I, I immediately got off of it. It wasn't my kind of vibe anyway, but it's fun. But what are your thoughts about mm. TikTok in terms of a social media strategy? Do you know, it's so funny. I just was having a conversation with somebody earlier about TikTok versus Reels. And I mean, first of all, TikTok, possibly one of the most addictive apps on the planet. It is so entertaining, but so, so addictive. You can, hours can just disappear like nothing else. Nothing, Instagram doesn't even compare to the addictiveness of TikTok. But what we were kind of saying is in terms of getting real results, so getting engagement from people who are likely to actually work with you, reels are better. It's a better, I think, because when you do a reel, you are mostly talking to people who follow you and probably a few that have found you through like going a little bit viral. Now, TikTok, 
your audience that you are speaking to is a lot broader. It's not necessarily people who follow you. You're going on the For You page. So there is definitely a bigger potential to go a lot more viral, but it's a bit more mass market in terms of the people that you're speaking to. But I think there's a place for yoga teachers on both of these platforms. Um, I think it's very easy for us to kind of jump on trends and make it a little bit about yoga. I think it's so important to include short form video as part of your strategy. And I think everybody knows this now. Reels are being prioritized by the algorithm. People's attention spans are really small. We can only really deal with really short pieces of content these days. And also it's just a good chance to have a bit of fun and not take things too seriously. I love that. I I mean, I've loved Reels and I haven't even really delved into all the intricate kind of visually tricks you can do and you know yeah, the, like cuts the transitions and all. yeah and- I haven't even gotten into that because I I mean for me it's a time sensitive thing like I just I spend very little time creating something I don't mean that I just it's easy for me to create things and then I and then it doesn't take a lot of time but I know I could up my game which I might who knows but for people who are posting on Instagram what are some tips you can give in terms of how much they should post, what is the content they should post? Should it be a mix of reels and carousel or static photos? Like what, what it would be a, a kind of just a good starter kit? Yeah. I mean, you could listen to all these Instagram experts and your mind will just be an absolute mess of different people telling you all these things that you should do. I think as a rule of thumb, it's good to share. I think that you should be including reels as part of your strategy. I think it's including a mix of content that's going to speak to people at the buyers at every stage of the journey when they find you. Some people are going to find you not really knowing that they have a problem that you can solve. So let's say they haven't really thought about practicing yoga before. And then you're going to have people in the kind of middle of the buyer's journey. You know, they're looking to learn more about you and what you offer And then people who are like ready to buy. So not everybody finds you ready to buy and you need to make sure you're creating content to people at all stages of that journey. So at the beginning, you're going to be creating value-driven content. So content that's really providing like educational tips and tricks and things that are going to get people into your community. The middle of the funnel, you're going to be talking about you and your offering. So what is it that you do? How do you work with people? Have you got happy clients? Um, what's your point of view on things? What's your experience, your background, your why? And then obviously there has to be content in there as well, where you're actually telling people what you do and how they can sign up to work with you. Cause otherwise no one's going to convert. They're going to be like, thank you for all the great content. You sound great. I know you, I trust you. But then if you're not giving them a chance to work with you, then what's it all for? So I think just having a good mix of video versus images, having content that speaks to people at all stages of the journey and just regularly introducing yourself as well to your audience, making sure that they, they connect with you. And that sometimes that can be being a bit vulnerable, sharing your journey so that they build. So we're always talking about the no like, and trust factor. And this is essentially what the content strategy is for giving people a chance to see you as the expert and know that you can help them solve their problem. And then just letting them know how, mm. how you can work together. So let's talk about your offerings because um, you clearly know what you're doing. And I think that I'd love for listeners to, to be able to find you and learn more. So what are some things that you offer? 
Yeah. So on the kind of more Instagram side of things, I have a group program, six week group program for yoga teachers, Pilates teachers, anybody in wellness who offers a service to their clients on how to create a, an Instagram strategy. So how to get super clear on your messaging, how to use Instagram to attract and convert more clients. Uh, that's actually going to be running really, really soon. Uh, for the fifth time now, run it five times. And then I also work with yogis who want to create a really powerful online offering. So whether that be a group program, a membership, online studio, but they really just want to get a really solid strategy to get more clients in the door and start to make more money and create a business that allows them to have a bit more freedom. Uh, and so I do that through coaching and also through paid ads training. So a lot of my background is in running Facebook and Instagram ads and ads are great for reaching more people and for really starting to scale whatever that offering is that you have. So I work with, with businesses to, to use ads as well. Wow. It sounds like you're really busy. <laughs> <laughs> So let's um, tell me a little bit about what you think the next three to five years is going to look like for, I know, I'm like, <laughs> um, no, okay, it doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be for you, but what you are kind of seeing that the world of yoga, so COVID has changed a lot of things. There was um, yeah. just, I don't know how it is in the UK and in Ibiza where you are now, but just yoga studios everywhere, you know, in every town, multiple studios. And that was a huge part of the yoga business. And then in addition to that, there were yoga retreats, yoga teacher trainings. Now things are changed, right? And I, I think mm. that many studios closed down. And I think that the, the, you know, the virtual space has obviously been a huge thing this year because people were staying at home, not traveling. Yeah. Um, where do you think that's going to take us in the next number of years? I mean, it's just crazy to think how the industry has changed in the last 18 months. I mean, how many teachers would have thought that they would have online studios, be teaching on Zoom? <laughs> a lot of teachers didn't even have email lists or had really even put a lot of effort into their Instagram 18 months ago. And then suddenly, you know, you're not just a teacher, you're also the IT guy and you're the uh, content creator and you're the marketing person and you're the you know, all these, all these different roles that teachers have had to take on. And what's incredible is how quickly teachers did adapt and pivot. So I just think like, who knows, who knows what is going to happen in the next two years? Because what we've seen is teachers can, are amazing. Yes. <laughs> to create these incredible businesses in such a, such a short space of time. I think we're going to see, I think online is going to carry on. I think it'll be interesting to see where the kind of power almost sits because it very much when COVID hit was teachers have got the power, you know, we can set our own prices and we can decide on our schedules and we are now speaking to our clients directly. And then you started to see a lot of um, companies coming in who would create softwares for teachers to teach on where they kind of take back a little bit more of the control. So I'm really interested to see how that works. I think yeah, online is here to stay. I think maybe we'll find a nice mix of the two. But I think overall, just teachers are going to get a lot more savvy when it comes to marketing and digital marketing. I've seen that already just in the last, every few months, I'm just overwhelmed with how incredible, incredibly knowledgeable teachers are. 
when it comes to ads and strategy and growing online platforms. So I just, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But they need you. So can you tell us where yeah. everybody can find you? Yes, of course. So you can find me on Instagram at Charlotte Reynolds underscore underscore. And if you want to check out my podcast, I've got a podcast called the Digital Yogi Podcast. And I um, interview experts in the yoga space and they share with me exactly how they did the thing that they did. And uh, you were my very special guest most recently. Enjoyed it so much. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is the best place to find me. Otherwise, the digitalyogi.co.uk. And absolutely feel free to DM me if you want to reach out to ask about any of any of the ways that we could work together. I think that's amazing. So for anybody listening who is feeling like they need help, and I think everybody needs help, unless you already have this marketing background, most yoga teachers don't, most fitness mm, instructors, yeah. wellness people don't. And it, I can tell you, it is really what uh, was a huge change for me. Even when I just had the studio, I wasn't even doing online stuff. I wasn't even on social media, but I had a marketing person because I don't have that in my background. Right. And that person helped me overcome all of those kind of, oh, you know, doesn't this feel like it's show up? You know, it's like, she's like, you have a business. You people, The more you share, the more people know about you, the more you're going to help them. And I think, again, you just have to get yeah. over that. So, you know, go and work with Charlotte. I think private trainings are great because you can get some one-on-one, -on -one, but it sounds like you have these wonderful online group offerings as well. So thank you so much. We need you out there because you're helping, you're helping so many of us. And I think it is... Um, really, it, it behooves all of us to elevate ourselves so that we can help others. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Charlotte. And for all of you who are listening, go check out Charlotte. And as always, I'm pulling for you.